and A made such a noise that the leading general cried off and Maturin had to leave the country. You denied everything, of course, Sir Joseph bowed, but it was clear they did not believe us. They clapped an embargo on his money in Corona, and they meant to seize him when he went to collect it. I sent warnings by three several agents and telegraphed Plymouth for the fastest cutter to take a message to our man in Corona itself. We had a few reports of his passage, chiefly from military intelligence, the last being a dubious account of a wealthy pair with an escort travelling through Aragon in a coach and four, then nothing. And the Aragon report was geographically improbable since it would have been right off his route. Then again, although Maturin is an uncommonly wealthy man, he never gives that appearance, being habitually threadbare and always inconspicuous. Your people have some contacts in Spain that we do not as yet possess, and if they can throw any light whatsoever on the subject, we should be most grateful. He's been much on my mind. May I hope to hear from you in due course? Certainly, sir, without fail. Tomorrow at the latest. Stephen was still in Sir Joseph's mind as he walked back to his house in Shepherd Market, a walk much insisted upon by Dr. Maturin, who distrusted both the colour of Blaine's face and the eminently palpable state of his liver. Stephen was one of the few men Sir Joseph cordially liked. It was true that they had many tastes in common. Music, entomology, the Royal Society, excellent wine, and they both hated Napoleon. But there was also that particular sympathy and mutual respect which transformed such shared interests into something of another order entirely. As Blaine walked along Half Moon Street, he found that he was reflecting on Stephen's marriage. Stephen had married a woman more handsome, by far the kind of woman Blaine loved to gaze upon, the kind he would have loved to marry had he met her and had he possessed the courage, the presence, and the fortune. How maturin, who possessed even less presence, and at that time no fortune whatsoever, had presumed so far he could not tell. Yet again and again she had made him bitterly unhappy. Musing, he walked with his head bowed. The three well-worn steps came within his field of vision. He was conscious of a slight form, standing at his door itself, and then of Stephen's face, smiling down at him. Stephen! Your name was in my mouth. How do you do, my dear sir? How do you do? Walk in, if you please, and tell me how you do. Stephen walked in, shepherded with a surprising amount of fuss, surprising in so reserved and phlegmatic a man as Sir Joseph. Along that familiar corridor to the even more familiar, comfortable, book-lined, turkey-carpeted room in which they had so often sat. A cheerful fire was already burning, and Sir Joseph had once stirred it to a still livelier blaze. Turning, he took Stephen's hand again. You look wonderfully well, wonderfully well. And I'd been seeing you in a Spanish prison, pale, unshaved, thin, ragged, verminous. Will I tell you about it, said Stephen. If you would be so good, said Blaine, moving his chair closer. It does me no credit at all, at all, but since you've been to such pains, I owe you an account, however bald and inadequate. 
We landed on a sweet, calm day, and uh, Diana, having recovered from what slight remains of the sea sickness still hung about her, we took coach and travelled westward along the coast. There was a good inn at Laredo, and when we were arranging our baggage for the next stage in a fine new carriage that was to take us all the way, Diana, a far better traveller than I, a more orderly mind where packing is concerned, suggested that I should make sure that everything was in place for our arrival at Coruña. Proper clothes for waiting on the governor, hair powder, my best wig, and above all, the elaborately signed and countersigned acknowledgement that the bank had received the specified number of chests containing the stated weight of gold and would deliver it up on the production of this document. Everything was in place, everything but this infernal piece of paper. Joseph, the tongue of angels could not tell you the degree of frustration, and I had not the face to attempt the impossible task of persuading the bank.